Hello, Chet again with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast, episode 168. Today I interview Dan Colonna, who is an artist, a model painter, he's, a, he's got a, a wide variety of skills, a Dark Art Society member, and he has kind of an inspiring amazing story really um he was seven years ago diagnosed with a brain cancer that gave they gave him like six months to live or something like that six months to a year and he's seven years they don't know what to make of him because he's still going strong so i thought it'd be a good time to to interview him because I like what he's doing artistically and I like his story and I think during these crazy times we could use some inspiration and hope so uh, it's a great interview I think you'll enjoy it so anyway let's see I what's up with me I got the tool posters done <sighs> still haven't started dystopia yet but um I'm almost about to. I'm almost about to start back on it. It's like, you know, probably tomorrow. I keep saying, last week I said that, I think. But this time for sure. I'm starting Dystopia. I'm starting um, commissions, outstanding commissions I, I've had for years now, which is embarrassing also. But <clears throat> trying to get my life in order and um, taking a month off of tool posters. So that's exciting for me. Um, oh, one thing about this episode that's kind of funny is that we've got, I think, the widest variety of animal, natural animal sounds ever on the podcast. We've got a rooster from Dan's environment, and we've got a chirping baby bird that my granddaughters brought over because they're staying with us a couple days, and they rescued this baby bird so that's kind of funny anyway it's and uh so so there's bird feedings and chirpings and dogs barking and uh roosters crowing so that's kind of funny anyway okay let's get on with the uh new subscribers if you wanted to subscribe you know what to do patreon.com slash dark art society it's only a dollar a month you can um keep the podcast free for everybody that's like 25 cents a week oh we've got steven russell black raised his pledge thank you steven carly hillman is a new subscriber thank you carly and william smith is a new subscriber thank you for supporting <clears throat> um yeah you can get you can get in the uh, darkartsociety.com website which we are trying to Port the secret Facebook group over to once Josh, I guess, is going to make some corrections or improvements to the website. So just waiting on that. And then I think we're going to try and get everybody to start interacting on the, the website as opposed to the Facebook group because Facebook is a hell pit. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about? Mm, I don't think so. Let me see. Roosters, birds, dogs, Dan Colonna. 
Um, no, that's it. I guess we're ready to go. Okay. Hope you enjoy the interview. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry that I didn't get the early edition up because I was having technical issues. First, I had a cancellation. Then I had a technical issue. Then I had another technical issue. And I'm not saying Mercury Retrograde had anything to do with it, but, you know, I'm just saying it was Mercury. Mercury is in retrograde, so. I know, I know. Okay, that's it. Let's get going with this uh, interview with my good buddy, Dan Colonna. All right, hope you like it. Hello, Dan. Hello, Chet. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? How's I'm things? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, we were off to a rocky start here. I had to reinstall my call recorder, and that was kind of, you know, we almost, I almost canceled this week, but Dan was cool enough to still do this interview an hour after, an hour and a half after we scheduled. So, okay, <laughs> now I'm good. So, so uh, yeah, it's good to talk to you on here. You know, we've been talking yeah. about having you on for a long time, so um, I'm glad the opp- right. opportunity finally arose. You've got a crazy, crazy story you yeah. <laughs> i guess you could call it that yeah but it's inspirational i mean that's what we were talking about as well it's like su- right. super inspirational and uh, um yeah it's just it's kind of a, a, a intense and uh i mean what's the what's the what's the what's your story in a nutshell um well you just want to just a quick overview, and then we'll go back and and kind of start yeah. over and, and get your whole career trajectory and all well, that. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised, went to high school in Ohio, um, just outside of Cleveland. Um, moved to Florida and was down there for a while. Spent a year in Italy, which was the highlight yeah. <laughs> of places I lived. You know, <laughs> I did Japan a few months here and there and stuff, but uh, for work things. But yeah, a year in Italy and wanted to move there full time, uh, working on still working on getting my dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. But um, but um, if that doesn't work out, I am now in North Carolina, just outside of Asheville, <clears throat> excuse me, which is currently home and will probably be home the rest of our lives unless something works out with getting back to Italy. Right. So, yeah. But in between all of that. I, uh, in April of 2013, I was diagnosed with a brain cancer. It was out of nowhere. I felt fine. I was actually at Monster Palooza, felt fine, and then uh, got home, and my left hand was all jacked up. I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, finally went to the hospital after a week of that, and he came and said, uh, you got a lesion on your brain. Oh, my God. What the hell is that? Yeah, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So that was uh, definitely a life-altering <laughs> sentence. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what, what does that actually mean? You know, like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so went through all the treatments and everything for that. And still taking it day by day. I have uh, issues with, you know, seizures and stuff now. But right. it's all 
it's the journey. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you, it, it was your, uh, you know, let's 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 deal with this issue before we get back to the, you know, kind of the the whole thing and do the interview. Right. But but that's like that was almost a death sentence for you. I mean, how many years has it been? Well, they told me I had roughly six to 14 months is oh the average God. expectancy. Oh and that was God. seven over seven years ago now. Yeah. So you're so, like, you're the miracle man. Yeah. The doctors, <laughs> uh, every time I, I mean, I've like long surpassed. They, they don't even know, like at this point, they don't know what's, what to even do. I'm, I'm uncharted waters. So There's very crazy. few people who've made it this long. Um, so, so I bet they're it, studying uh, you a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, well, I have to go um, several times a year for MRIs just to make sure it hasn't come back. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, you know, the rest of my life I'll have to be dealing with that. Because right. the type of tumor I had is very aggressive, um, can wow. double in size in like a week's time. So, Are you serious? You know, just, yeah, like, you know, one cell can exponentially be like, you know, a giant ass tumor in the matter of a month or two, you know, that's so crazy. Yeah. So yeah. that's always hanging over me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, so before that, you know, you were, you were, uh, uh, in, in I, what industry were you, you were, uh, what would you call that? What you were doing? It's like, cause you're like painting collectibles and, um, yeah, I was kind of over the years. So when I was, you know, I was always interested in art, like everybody on here. Yeah. <laughs> did the, you know, the old uh, reissues of the Aurora, Aurora Monster Kits and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so over the years, I started doing a little bit of, well, I was doing painting all along. And back then it was, you know, the only thing to find out how to do it was go to the library and yeah. <laughs> look in the Dewey Decimal System. and <laughs> <laughs> Find the two or three books you could on everything, art right. technique, yeah, all lumped into one one volume, you know, yeah, so, from from crayons to oil painting, all, <laughs> all in one book. But uh, so, um, but so I just uh, just kept studying and I did a lot of painting and then just through different things with jobs and family and all that stuff, I kind of put painting on hold for a while and was still drawing when I had time in between. Mm-hmm. But that's when I started with the uh, collectibles um, just because it was something that was, was easy to pick up and, you know, half hour here, half hour there kind of thing. Um, so I was doing that. Um, I was writing, you know, model kits in the beginning. And uh, well, What are we you know, talking about the beginning? What year are we talking about? Um, this is about 90 five i think right before okay. um the first piece i ever did was well i had wanted to start painting dimensional stuff so i started sculpting a little mm-hmm. bit on my own mm-hmm. once again no information so i sculpted a piece in wax and i went to cast it i made a mold out of silicone thinning it out with some like tylene or something is that the horrible. one you showed me is that the is that the one you showed me that was that you were or you were talking about where you like did this weird yeah thinned out process yeah, yeah exactly i thinned it out i painted it on over and over and then i made like a plaster cover for that and i use like a resin polyester resin you know where it's like 
part A is just a couple of drops. It's not like equal parts. Yeah, of two that stuff's nasty. So, yeah, so you pour it in there, and it was like the first the attempt. It was just, just you know, got hot, cracked all over, and <laughs> twisted, and, and all that. I just wanted to paint some dimensional, right? Know? So, but uh, so I went from there, and then I walked into a store one day, and I saw a one-six scale, so it's about a foot tall. Uh, Frankenstein. It was vinyl Frankenstein by Horizon, sculpted by Steve Wang. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So, um, so there was a whole thing for, you know, it's kind of a new, well, very new for me, um, thing, and uh, that. Uh, so I started painting them, you know, and I had experience with airbrush and kind of all kinds of techniques from various things I picked up over the years, and also. Um, some things I learned on various jobs I had. Yeah, what were you doing um, for like a living at this time? Um, I well, I was in. I kind of had several careers um, after school, but uh, I did ten years. Did it was kind of like doing time. I did ten years <laughs> as a cook. <laughs> so, so I didn't I know that. Yeah, I was in culinary um, for like i said 10 years and uh worked yeah. in all kinds of different places um but uh one of which was a restaurant at disney um and that was pretty grueling uh you know crazy hours and I just bet. you know during the peak times back then they, things were a little different than the way we're confronted now oh, this is in florida but, yes yeah, so like, yeah yeah disney world so i was actually in the magic kingdom which is kind of like disneyland mm-hmm. um but uh, I did do some events at some of the hotels and the other parks and stuff. Um, so, you know, after that, I, you know, and I was painting and stuff at that time. I was also in a band, mm. um, you know, several different bands, you know, from high school all the way through there. Um, I moved to Orlando um, from South Florida. And at that time is when I started really getting more serious with, with music and with art mm-hmm. um, and started oil painting and that. And uh, um, I, when I got to Orlando, I didn't know any, uh, anybody up there. I'm kind of trying to figure out, do I want to spend more time with my art or more time with music right. and not knowing anybody up there. And I had a really eclectic taste of music and I'm like, you know what? I don't have to worry about relying on anybody else. If I, art that's what that was that was my conclusion as well <laughs> yeah. it's like you know if i slack i only have myself to blame yep. if i'm like waiting for somebody else who may or may not show right. up and you know and then are they sober when they get there right know? right but, and if you succeed so. you also have you can take the credit as well right exactly <laughs> so so um so i was kind of all over the place doing all kinds of different things. And, uh, but after culinary, I started, um, I just, after 10 years, I was, my mind is ready to explode. And <laughs> I pretty much, uh, told my chef, um, that, you know, I was, he was totally useless. I was doing his job for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I finally was just like, you know what, dude, I, I can't take the same or you, you know, you need to step up your game. And and then his wife worked at a restaurant across the street. And he was over there when he was at our restaurant. And I'm like, are you, 
like, are you collecting two salads? Yeah. Right. And he's like, you know, he, he's like, you better apologize or you're out of here. I'm like, I'm not apologizing. I mean, it. are you collecting two salads? <laughs> he's like, I'm going to fire you. I'm like, see ya. You know, and uh, wow. I, yeah. So then I went to work for back at the theme parks for a company that does the face painting out there. And uh-huh. I was just going to do a couple of months to just kind of free, you know, you know, free my mind a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, uh, I kind of moved up and I was, went from just in the park painting faces to where I was doing a lot more operational things. What do you mean? And, uh, operational um, things. I kind of oversaw everything from maintenance. Uh, I, I did a lot of different things. You're kind of like a some... ma- managerial position sort of at the park. Yeah. Huh. It was managerial with, uh, you know, we were in, Several parks. We were in all the Disney parks, which they have, you know, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, um, Animal Kingdom, and the studios, the movie mm-hmm. studio park. So that, and then plus their downtown Disney. Um, and then we are in SeaWorld, Universal, um, both the Universal parks in Florida. And then eventually they got a Universal park in uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. So I got to go out there three different times for like a month each time, which was a blast. Um, and, uh, so, but I was kind of, I was designing our, you know, booths working with the teams at the different parks, mm-hmm. but design our signs and our, our booths, what they're going to look like. And a lot of, you know, give and take back and forth. Mostly, mostly you have to just take what they would give us, which was not much in most cases, right. but, but um, but it all worked out with things and uh, so then I I started working with uh, Walt Disney Imagineering and uh, um, at that time I was doing through temp agency and I was doing that for a while and I really? finally just it, went. It was through a temp agency. It wasn't like you were working yeah. with them and you somehow got in that way. No, they. Um, who they gets a job in Imagineering through a temp agency? I've never heard that Any, before. Everybody. Really? I guess yeah, there, you know, I guess in Orlando yeah. or Florida. Right, that's how you start out, yeah, yeah. Um, for the most part. I mean, for for years, everybody was through a temp agency, and mm-hmm. then they wow. kind of got worried with, you know, because they didn't have to pay benefits and stuff. Oh, you know? Right. Um, and then they switched over and uh and started like hiring people like everybody they had on staff they got scared about some lawsuit from other corporation mm-hmm. doing the same kind of avoiding paying benefits <laughs> and stuff like that but just to after that they're like to test everybody out they would do a hire them for a year to i think 18 months is the limit and mm-hmm. at the 18 months you know or during that time they offered me a position you know, full, well, it was a, what do you call it, a contract or a... Like a subcontractor? It was a pri- project, project uh, position. So you're you're actually, you get the benefits of it if you're full-time, but when the project you're working on is over, you might not have a job left. Right. I'm like, you know what? Instead of that, I'm going to start my own company. And, wow. And, uh, yeah, so I was just uh, working in contract with them. Doing then what? I was also what kind of stuff? Um, I was doing the same thing. It was uh, which was uh, I was a what they call it graphic 
graphic design um, fabrication or graphic fabrication designer. So I would work with the graphic designers and the, the shops that were building the signs and, you know, kind of the liaison between helping the designers get the designs done, drawing up or, you know, helping them work out how the things are going to be built. Mm-hmm. And then I'd go work with the sign shops and kind of oh. just oversee art direct for for what done. things though what were the things you guys what what booths what were the booths just Every, kind of whatever everything from like you know men's room oh, okay. <laughs> to um marquees that like i did a circus marquee that the thing was it had to be tall enough to get a, the fire engine through it oh, because wow. that was the only way to get to that area and so the thing ended up being like, I don't know, 20, 20 feet wide by 30 feet tall or something. It was crazy. Wow. And it was circus themed. So it was, we did a whole area. It was all like a 1940s circus kind of thing. Oh, it's, cool. That was, yeah. So you so you must uh, have been seeing, you know, how this stuff was being built as well because you were kind of oh, the yeah. between. Yeah. I was doing a lot of shop visits. Um, you know, there was an art director over me. There was several, couple art directors over me, but for the signs, it was pretty much, you know, I would go to the, do all the shop visits, and you know, and then when they felt like, or I felt like, okay, yeah, there's something that you guys, you know, we're at a point. Do you guys want to look at it as well? Because it's getting ready to go into the park, and some of these signs are, you know, you're talking a couple hundred thousand dollars for wow. some of them. You know, so yeah. they have moving parts and, right. you know, it's a lot of, you know, some would have faux finished wood textures mm-hmm. and grain on them and stuff. So, and I had worked in some scenic shops here and here, you know, there. So I knew a lot about how all that stuff was painted mm-hmm. and went on and, you know, and then, so most, a lot of it was fiberglass and aluminum. You didn't, didn't, didn't you, when you would go on the, the <clears throat> shop visits, didn't you want to get your hands dirty? Didn't you kind of go like, oh man, even though it was signs and stuff, it's like, when, didn't you want to get into the creative stuff more and like, yeah, be I painting mean, stuff and it's to an extent. Um, I, you know, some of the shops were just doing some assholes that worked in some of the shops. And some <laughs> of them they were really cool. Yeah, um, there were some great people in those shops, but a lot of me go into and it was just reek of. You know the resin oh, and yeah, you know, the fiberglass and stuff. It's <laughs> Never just mind. like, yeah, I'm like, I would go in there and instantly have a headache. Oh you yeah, know, me, you get an instant headache. From yeah, and there's people sitting there. It's just like, oh, you get used to the smell. Yeah. No, <laughs> you don't. No, that's you a don't. bad. You know? That's a bad sign when you get used to the smell. Yeah, if you don't <laughs> smell it, you need to go. Get, you know, and they weren't wearing respirators at the time. You I know, know. unless they were in the spray booth, and yeah. Just like, yeah, wow. this isn't for me. Yeah. But um but I did get to, you know, just creatively it was fun because just working on, you know, I'd help with the designing and help you know, I there was a paint team. I mean, I worked the last I was there for probably a through the, between the temp agency and then I worked there continuously until I had my uh you know brain cancer mm-hmm. um and that was about two and a half years and the last year a little over a year of it was all on one project instead of like all over the place right and it was like a you know a 
ton of money. They ex- did a massive expansion to the Magic Kingdom. Who's they that? just won. Who's that rooster? Okay. I heard that. We, oh, just yeah. so people know, the, the rooster, the, there's a rooster, a rogue rooster running around out there, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So, you, I mean, you kind of, uh, at some point, you know, you, you, you became kind of a, 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 I don't know, a big name figure painter guy in the in the model industry. Like you were writing articles for uh, Amazing Figure Modeler and stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. I that was all. I started writing the articles with, um, with them like real early on because okay. it was just you know once I, the movie the book came or the magazine came out like three to four times a year. So a couple of months and some of them were just paying up straight painting, painting a kit and documenting how I did it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, then, you know, they'd taken pictures through each step, you know, uh, back with film, which kind (laughs) of sucks because, you know, you don't know until you get the film back if, uh, if that picture took, you know, worked out right. But, uh, so I did that for a while. I did a couple articles with uh, Airbrush Action and um, a couple other magazines, and um, and then I painted. So I did a bunch of that, and I started doing prototypes for several different companies. Uh, the the best ones were I did a handful with uh, Sideshow uh, right. Collectibles, and those were uh, those were you know I mean they make in my opinion, they make the best stuff. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. So those were, those were fun to work on and the crew out there, you know, the team, they got just the whole thing. They're awesome. All yeah. across the board. Up you know, there. the guy that, uh, Tom Gilliland is one of the guys who mm-hmm. started it. He, um, I came into Rick Baker's to replace him in the paint department when he was leaving to start sideshow. Right. Yeah. And I didn't know Tom. Yeah. I knew Tom before that because when before he worked he at Kitcraft. <laughs> yeah, well, he I didn't know him through Kitcraft, but he started working. You know, Kitcraft, he was doing this model kits, the same thing. I was painting for the magazine. And so he worked with the magazine for a while, too. And so I had met him. Mm. You know, I had a show through there. So I knew Tom from, you know, way back. Yeah, um, he's a cool guy. And then and then there's another guy that uh, Anthony Mestis was working out there. And he also wrote for the magazine. So Tom, when he moved up the ladder a little bit, he brought Anthony on to take mm. over the um, paint department. And so then I, you know, that's, you know, I was working with them as, you know, they were art directing. And the prototypes, they would do, depending on the company, but with Sideshow, there'd be two of them. One, they would keep, you know, in-house for their photography, you know, for their website and the box art and all that. Mm. And, um, and the other one would go to China. Oh, for reference. In the chat. Yeah. So they would have to do reference and then they would send them back and they would still have the uh, the second master um, to compare and make sure they were doing it. And, um, you know, this was not part of my job, but a lot of the crew over at Sideshow would have to take, you know, trips to China and go to the factories and make sure they're, you know, teach them how to paint it. And they, they use all kinds of different paints out there that, you know, um, it's amazing that they can get those like paints that are kind of bulletproof to, right. to do, you know, to do what we were doing with like acrylic and oils and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, pastels. Right. Um, 
So that, so that this, I'm trying to figure out like this was this was like a kind of side career that you had going on while you were doing this other stuff or, or, or yeah, I mean I was at first I first started doing uh, magazine articles and that um, as before I was doing any prototypes I think, but I was painting like Tom was at Kitcraft I was doing that for some of the shops in the in the Central Florida area. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was while I was, you know, started while I was cooking and then it continued on while I was, uh, working at the Enjoyer Face, the name of the face painting company I was working for. Okay. And then, uh, um, so I kind of did that and it was just a little bit like I'd pick up jobs here and there in between because, you know, working 60 or 70 hours a week wasn't enough. Right. (laughs) <laughs> wow. So you, so you, what, what were some of the prototypes you, you did? I mean, what, what was, what was some of the, some of the, the figures you did? The first ones I did were for diamond direct. Um, and they were of Marvel and I've never really been a comic guy, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, you know, not that just the comic characters were for the most part, weren't my gig, but I was, that's what I was mostly painting. Um, so I did, you know, a few, I did a, several of those for DC Direct or Diamond Direct, mm-hmm. and then there was some other company I don't even remember. They didn't last very long, but I did a couple for them, and then I did a few for Sideshow. Um, and they were, you know, I did one that was from a Showtime show, I think it was a Gladiator or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was a multi-figure piece that I that was something they were doing for producing for another company. Okay, and then I, I did a couple more comic characters and stuff as well were you so but, uh, were you living out in la at this point or is this all stuff you did back in florida i was doing it in florida and just, oh wow you know, send, so they would send ship, ship you stuff mm-hmm. oh. they would ship it to me i i would go out to california i try to get out there once or twice a year um we had eventually the when i was working at the face painting company they, they opened up a booth at um, Universal in okay. California. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to <clears throat> go out there and do the same thing, like work with the team out there. and Like, like what are we, how are we going to do this location? What kind of structure are we going to have? And, you know, have, have shade for the employees, but also, you know, for, right. the, for the people, you know, the customers and stuff. Um, so it was always a, trick because you know the sun moves around so you shade in the morning doesn't really mean shade in the afternoon but, so, so that was always tricky trying to work that stuff out but uh that was just part of it yeah. so you know so between that and then like i would go out and i went to monster blues a handful of times um another thing in the middle of all this i did which was really cool opportunity um charlie mcgrady who's an amazing dinosaur sculptor and he was, he had this contract with uh, the company um, that we're doing, you know, they hired him to do life-size dinosaurs, everything from just tiny little, like, you know, the size of fits in the palm of your hand to a you know, 14 foot T-Rex. Wow. So he sculpted those. And then Anthony Mestis from Sideshow and then this other guy, Steve Realhouse, who I knew Steve from, uh, you know, from the magazine. Um, which is where I originally met Anthony too. The two of them were going out there and painting all these things. And then Anthony went on the sideshow 
and there was a couple of times where they were just really backed up. So Steve brought me out there for you know a month. So oh, wow. that was really fun. That must yeah, have been really Steve, fun. Yeah, it was cool. Steve was painting these things, you know, and um, yeah, and he's really fast. So he would just you know sit around smoking a deck of cigarettes, you know, and I'm painting away, painting away for like all day long. He would be looking at the piece, and then he would stand up and just like eight hours knock out this you know ten foot dinosaur. Right. I'm like, I just they would sit back down and then get up and you know after you know a couple of beers and another deck of cigarettes and knock another one out and that's wow. like on my first one you know right. it was just you know he had been doing it for a long time and yeah and yeah. he's just um you know he's great i mean he does the small scale stuff as well as the the giant ones what's his um, name steve real house hmm, i don't think um, i know him yeah yeah, he just, uh, I mean, he writes for the um, Amazing Figure Modeler. Okay. He's really, he's pretty amazing because, <laughs> uh, but uh, he does a lot of uh, kit bashing and some really cool stuff. And, right. And that's to me what, like when I was just doing the, like paint by, you know, just film a piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not, you don't even notice it, but it's been going on like every so often. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I can shut my windows. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it adds to the atmosphere. <laughs> I don't live in the, you know. Uh huh. Sure. I don't live in the middle of a farm. I do sure. have two chickens, but uh, <laughs> my wife's got the chickens in a garden here. But there's this rogue rooster that thinks he owns the neighborhood. <laughs> so, oh man. Well, so how did how did you get the job at Sideshow again? Um, I pretty much from knowing Tom and Anthony, mainly okay. Anthony, because Tom was Anthony had taken over the paint department. Okay. So, and I never worked for them full time. It was just some yeah, like a freelance you know, thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I did a handful of stuff with that, and then later on, I did a illustration piece for them, which um, you know, it was never. I don't think they ever released it. And two of my older paintings, they um, have one they've released. Um, part of their fine art print series. The other one, uh, I'm not sure what their plan is with it. Because um, one was Nosferatu, one was Frankenstein. So oh, yeah. Nosferatu came out last Halloween. I'm not sure if this Halloween they're going to be doing the Frankenstein or what. Right. Things have kind of, you know, I'm sure they're juggling projects around right now with all the hassles of COVID. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. China was shut down for a while, so I they know. couldn't get anything. I bet that's And then seriously. China started, yeah, China started shipping their stuff over to them, and then they were locked down, so. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to name that rooster. We you, did. What's his name? He's named after, uh, he's Jesus. Named after from, uh, from uh, the Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Tor- 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 uh, yeah. John Turturro. He's always strut- strutting around, you know. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. He was also, you know, uh, Jesus was a pedophile in like Lebowski. And our chickens are, they just started laying eggs, and this rooster's always jumping into their cage and attacking <laughs> oh them. God. So, so, so it's like, yeah. So, Jesus. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> So, but, uh, so you're, you're, I mean, you're, uh, yeah, the, I've, I think, I'm sure, I know I've seen the Nosferatu painting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen the Frankenstein, but it's like really amazing. I mean, it's, it was really well painted and, and 
you know, highly rendered and yeah. So I mean, that's what. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I did. That's what I was doing mostly. Was um, you know, when I first started oil painting, I was, I still am really inspired by you know surrealist work, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, so I started off with just doing a lot of different surrealism type of things, and uh, but I developed more and more to the point where I was doing, I want to say hyperrealism or whatever but i was you know it was putting the wrinkles on. It yeah was, it was polished and it was refined right. yeah <clears throat> and you're so you was self-taught pretty much right you didn't go to art school yeah. or i mean no i didn't go to art school um i mean to me it's like I, yeah i picked up the information and i searched it all out and uh-huh. figured it out but uh but the word self-taught is kind of, you know, whether it's from the school or books. I mean, nowadays, yeah, everything else, you know, it's like, you know, you pick up things here and there. So, right. but yeah, I, was never, I, I was not formally educated. Right, yes. right. That's the, I, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. You didn't go to school for, for art. Um, no. So, I mean, where, where are there certain books that you really, you know, learned a lot from? Or is it was it just kind of trial and error for you? As far as learning, a lot of it was trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the time, by the time you started seeing books and I mean, this is still pre internet, but you know, the books that started really having in depth detail uh, or technique detail and stuff on them. By that point I had figured out enough. Um, like I was, I was like even stretching my own canvases. I wanted to be like the purest. I'm, you know, right? You know, stretching can or you know, I was using linen and buying the frames and oh wow, you know, stretch them and priming them and you know, so a lot of those were done on like with an oil primer and and that. But uh, wow, so yeah, and all that going backwards a little bit. You know, I'd always done that in between, you know, whenever I had time in between jobs and, you know, a weekend here, mm-hmm. a weekend there. Um, and then uh, I still, you know, I did a lot of life drawing. Um, and I, even while I was working at Disney, I started, actually it was, my goal was before I uh, was diagnosed with the cancer, I had a goal to start a life drawing class and mm. or open, open studio mm-hmm. and the um there was several of them in central florida but they were all like all the way on the opposite side of town and they were at you know jacked up hours of trying to get there through rush hour and right. stuff it's like forget about it so i opened up one on um or wanted to get one on our side of town one convenient for me <laughs> yeah. two two it was uh more the side of town where Disney was at. So a lot of the Imagineers would come and uh, paint there as well. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, so I had a goal to get that going and then I had a year setback with, you know, just finding location after, you Mm -hmm. know, doing all that. But uh, I think in uh, 2014, I got it started and I ran that all the way up until I moved to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, that was going well, but that's when I started getting, like I was starting to really get good with the form. You know, I was still learning anatomy and, um, mm-hmm. you know, which I think you could probably study anatomy your whole life and Definitely. not fully. I mean, there, well, I shouldn't say that there's some people <laughs> are just amazing with it, but, uh, 
Usually I those people are, point. yeah, usually those people, it's like all they do. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. One, I, I'm, I've got Go a baby bird here that, that, uh, <laughs> my, my, my granddaughter's rescued a baby bird. So I have to feed, hold on. I got to feed the, no. when it, when it, when it tweets, I got to feed, I got to feed the bird. No, it's funny. Cause I, um, right before you called me, I thought I was going to have to tell you I'm a little late because there was a woodpecker that just was laying in my yard, and I thought it was was like, oh really? You know, it, it looked really injured or something. It was laying there with its wing, one wing like kicked out to the side. I'm like, oh, what do I got to do to get this thing <laughs> on? And I walked out there, and it just pulled its wing in and just still laid there for a little bit. And I'm like. It was pretty big. I wasn't really wanting to pick it up if it was fine. But so when I walked up to it, it kind of stood up and hopped around for a little while and then flew off. So, oh, so it was. Yeah. Maybe it, was, it was good. Maybe it was stunned or something. Okay, yeah. I don't know how much I'm supposed to feed this damn thing. Okay, <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. This is the bird hour today. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Like, uh,. Okay, it's still chirping. Hold on one second. No, <laughs> oh, that's all right. You guys, you guys. Okay, so I fed the bird and it's still chirping. A whole big piece, like a dog food? Okay. I already gave it a whole piece, but give it another piece. Yeah, there's no bl there's no blanket in here to cover him with. I'll c I'll figure it out. I'll let the dog in. Okay. Okay, okay. All right. I got it. Still calm down. Still talking. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. Winged it's a bird kind of day. Yeah, it's a winged creatures are disrupting the podcast left and right. Okay, so you uh did you have plans? I mean, what were your plans before your illness? For, with your with your art career, because it seemed like you know wh what direction were you heading in? Because that just sort of upended everything. Right. You know? I um, my plan was I wanted to start because I had finally, um, like with Disney, they'll only do certain amount of hours for per year for contract, mm -hmm. um, based on the size of the company, and my company was just me. Mm -hmm. So, um, and typically thousand hours is their limit for a year okay. um but they ended up giving me 1800 hours that first year wow um and then it ended up rolling it took longer to get you know the job was still done the art director was like you can't pull van off this you know we gotta keep it going this was and, with uh, the signs so, and the booths and all that stuff right that mm. was the big expansion at uh magic kingdom okay um so and actually it was we did mermaid we did uh uh, Bell was the you know, Beauty and the Beast, mm -hmm. so we did the attraction and a restaurant for that. Okay, Little Mermaid. Um, there was uh, Seven Dwarfs roller coaster, um, <laughs> Dumbo, and mm -hmm. all the meet and greet for the you know. So there was a lot in that uh, you know over the course of that year. But anyways, they gave me a smaller contract for the the following year, so I'm like, okay, this will work out good because I work you know two to three days a week with Disney. And then I'll have the other two days where I can pick up 
you know, some stuff with Sideshow or whoever, mm-hmm. and then work on, you know, always have a couple of days a week to work on my art. Right. And, um, you know, and so that was going really well. And then after that, I was in, the, well, shortly after that, just started like, okay, this is going to be great. You know, <laughs> it's like, and then that's when I got, uh, got, got the news, but, uh, wow. So, yeah. So your yeah. life was changed in a matter of days, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like not, I said, it was weird when I was at Monster Palooza, um, and me and Steve and Anthony and a few other people, um, uh, from Sideshow were sitting there having dinner. The night before was a lot of alcohol was consumed. <laughs> yeah. so, so I just, at one point, um, we're sitting there having dinner and it just like, I just felt this like weird sensation. Like I, I'm like, I leaned over to Steve. I'm like, I think I'm having a stroke. Oh shit. And I'm like, and I'm like, wait a minute, it just went away. It only lasted for like seven what seconds. What did it feel like? I just, I just, uh, my left, I felt like left side went numb and oh. I just heard, heard this like pop. Oh, weird. And just in my head, I kind of got real lightheaded and then my left side went numb and then it was just back to normal again. Yeah. I would think that was a but, stroke if that happened to me. It yeah. Sounds, it sounds then, like a stroke, what the stroke would be like. Right. But then I felt, felt just hung over again after that, you know, back <laughs> the way it was. And in hindsight, like as I was eating, like cause we were having dinner at the time and as I'm eating, my left hand was just like, I was trying to like eat and it was just not working right. But right. I didn't really notice at the time. Huh. Um, and then like I said, got on, got on a plane the next day and flew home and, you know, it was a red eye cause I had to work the next day. And, you know, I thought uh, pinched a nerve cause my left arm was all numb. And right. then after a couple more days, I'm like, the coordination's off, went to the chiropractor oh, man. and then finally it's like, okay, this isn't going away and coordination's getting worse. So, Ugh. uh, I was just like, I was making breakfast Sunday morning and my knocked a bunch of blueberries all over and I'm, <laughs> I'm like you know what i'm thinking after this going to the doctor you know right and, uh, my wife walked in my wife Rhonda and daughter Eliana walked into the kitchen saw the mess because <laughs> i usually clean as i'm cooking and right. stuff and they're like that ain't normal we're taking them to the hospital right. like, i was just gonna ask you to do that so <laughs> we were all on the same page at that point but wow. um, yeah that must so, have uh, it must have been. I mean, the thing that. I, I mean, I've heard. I've heard your your story. You've told me, you know, a long time ago. Um, and the, sorry about the fucking dog. I got the dog barking in the background. It's a it's a madhouse. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just the thing that I think about is, or one of the things I think about is how scary that must have been. I mean, that, oh shit, yeah. I mean. The, I can't even imagine what it's like to get that kind of news. No, I, I was completely floored. And at the time I was at the small emergency room, um, Mm. which is part of the bigger hospital system through um, the Orlando Metro area. Um, So anyways, they did the scan there and that's when they, the doctor came in and said I had a lesion and they needed to, um, put me in the ambulance and take me downtown to the main, oh, um, shit. the main hospital. And I'm still kind of like, what exactly does that mean? But, right. you know, and then, um, Rhonda looked at the, um, doctors and said, should I 
be, you know, looking for somebody to cover my, uh, she's a teacher and she's like, do I need to get somebody to like a sub for the next week or so? And, and she just looked at her with like this face and she's like, um, it's going to be more in a couple of weeks. Oh my God. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I still at that point, you know, I mean, I'm in tears. I don't yeah. know what the hell's going on, yeah, I bet. but still don't really know what the hell was going on. You know, what I was expecting. And it wasn't until, you know, doctor came in and it was like, you know, we, you know, you got a tumor and we need to do surgery to remove it. And, and, uh, and I think part of it is I jinxed myself as a kid. I, I saw, I remember when I was like seven or eight years old, I saw this TV show where they were drilling into like, or they were sawing somebody's skull. And I was just like, that is the worst thing in the world I can imagine. I would never, I'd rather be dead than have oh my skull. And then to fast forward 30 some years, oh I'm like, through sawing into my skull. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. This dog, this dog's driving me insane. Hold on, I gotta go yell at her. Johnny, no, hey, leave it. Hold on, one sec. Mm I'm leaving this all in too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay. Perfect. The uh, animal hour. <laughs> so that you know that that was that like what? Do you remember what movie that was? Because I remember there was a movie when I was a kid about someone that had like a brain tumor, and they were it was like a true story, and they were yeah. and the kid was talking about like what it was like to have their brain like they kept them awake. And how they could feel things when they were going into their brain. And I remember right. it was like a TV movie of the week or something. Silence of the Lambs. No, <laughs> no I'm talking <laughs> 70s. Like I was a little kid. No, it, it was actually, it was in a movie. It was a documentary of some sort. Oh, okay. you know, like just, you know, I don't know, something weird. Yeah. It was like six channels. I don't know where the hell that was on, but I just remember <laughs> right. seeing it. And like, it was like, to me, that was like the worst thing I could possibly imagine ever, you know? <laughs> What the, <laughs> wow! I got wow. this horseshoe scar in the side of my head. Wow! But um, but um, yeah. So after the surgery, um, they, I mean, I think the doctor. Well, I'm, you know, he talked to Rhonda, and he's like, okay, yeah, we think don't don't get too alarmed. Don't uh, you know? Looks like we got everything out. And things are good in that sense uh this was after brain surgery yeah okay he's like don't start researching he's like i think it's a glioblastoma but don't be don't be you know researching it until we know for sure because it'll freak you out so okay. the first thing you know you tell somebody that's like what are yeah. you gonna do get online <laughs> and look up glioblastoma you know? of course <laughs> and uh and, and then and, you re- and then she realized why he said not to not to research it i imagine right yeah and so so she joined oh this is crazy so she joins this uh like support group for people who are you know taking care of people with uh, glioblastomas or have it themselves Mm -hmm. and like one of the first posts she sees is how do you kill yourself 
without making a mess. Oh what's my the God. easiest, most pain? You know, and she's just like, oh, what the hell am I getting into? Oh you know? my God. <laughs> so, so it must have I been, I say, mean, it must have been a major, major thing in her life as well. I mean, a huge. Oh, just... yeah. I've always, yeah. I've always told her she's got the hard part, you know? Yeah. Right. I just, I, I just have to survive. And if I don't, you know, she's got to pick up the pieces. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's rough. And, uh, but, um, and it's still rough. I mean, she's, you know, now I got seizures. I mean, there's still the chance that the tumor can come back, even though after seven years, there's, I'm, the, I'm, I'll never be out of the woods. <laughs> right. Right. But, but the longer but, it goes, the better it looks yeah, for you. Right. Right. So, but there's always that. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, but I have seizures, so she's never really has a chance to fully relax because, yeah. you know, if that happens, it's like, you know, I mean, you I'm, drop I'm everything. Medication. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got, we got the medications have controlled the seizures enough where I still have minor ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, not that I couldn't, but, you know, you can die from epilepsy. So, oh, wow. yeah. but, yeah, the medications have, are keeping it enough where, you know, I'm not as concerned with that. Right. But it limits what I can do. And, yeah. you know, and at this point, you know, nobody knows if it's the medications, the epilepsy, the, the, met, the cancer, you know, the, you know, the surgery. Right. I went through radiation and chemotherapy. I mean, there's so much stuff. And so there's really no telling what, if it's a combination right. of all or, you know. But um, but some of the seizure meds are pretty. Yeah. You know, like I, I know a friend of my dad's was like, he uh, he's like I'd rather be dead than take these meds any longer. So oh he just God. stopped taking them. Wow. And he died from a from a you know just went into a seizure that never came out of. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So how long was the 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 treatment for you to where you're you you know getting the. Well, so they what they they first they did an operation or mm-hmm. first thing was an operation. What was that, was that like? Then, did they keep you awake? Was it one of those? Cause I no, think, oh, no, okay. I was, they they put me under. That's good. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think if they if I heard a saw, and I was still awake. <laughs> hey, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it, it <laughs> isn't that. <laughs> But I mean, there's you hear those stories where they where they do brain surgery and they have the person right. like playing the violin or you know doing mm-hmm. something because they have to keep them awake. I mean, I don't really know much about right. it, but, but no. And the thing is, it's like I don't know how they do that because I know the brain itself doesn't have any like like you could poke at it and stuff, and I don't think there's any actual you know sense of uh, like pain you know, pain sensories yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. but they still have to get to it. Right. You know, and that's right. the part I don't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> Maybe they put them under, chop the top of their head off and then, you know, then they wake them up and start with, uh, uh, it seems like, uh, it, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's... That's, I'm glad I didn't have to go through that part of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, so the treatment, so, you know, you got the surgery. Then, How long did that, did all that last? The, um... Yeah. Well, the surgery, I was, I was actually out of the hospital and, about, I think it was like, I was only in the hospital for a week or so. Wow. And the doctor, I think it was 10 days. And a doctor came in and he said, you know, I was doing a little bit of therapy. I was able to start walking down the hall and, you know, they were teaching me just some basics, you know. Um, and uh, the doctor came in and said, 
all right, but the worst place for you to be for catching some kind of virus or something is in a hospital. Right. So, so you can either go home or we can set you up in one of those, you know, halfway house, whatever they call them for, you know, the, you know, for between the hospital and right, home. Right. And I'm like, I want to go home, but that's going to put a lot on Rhonda. So I looked at her and I'm like, I'm ready, but what do you think? Right. So, so as she did, uh, so I went home after that and, you know, we had a lot of support from friends and family and, and, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate with, uh, all the support we've gotten yeah. from, from so many, so many people. Yeah. Like, just amazing. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It makes so, all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritually, uh, monetarily, just physically, you know, coming in and, you know, just doing stuff around the house, yeah. cooking for us, you know, yeah. just everything. It's like, you know, they did some fundraisers, you know, oh, the people cool. I was working with at Disney. That's awesome. Did some fundraisers for us and stuff. So. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, uh, so, right. you know, when you 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 say that they had to, they were showing you how to walk again. I mean, did having the brain surgery did you come out of it to where you couldn't walk, or you had to relearn things, or or was that happening on its own? Or well, no, it was uh, the night. I mean, you know how I don't know if you've ever been through anything in a hospital, but. It's like they make sure they wake you up as soon as you fall asleep, whether it's day or night. Oh, really? you know, yeah. <laughs> they just have the perfect timing. It's like, okay, finally get to sleep and then the lights come on. But in the middle of the night after I had my surgery, I couldn't move a muscle, you know. And that was and that normal? I think so. Okay. And they they needed to do a post. It was like, I don't know, a certain amount of hours they needed to do a post uh, mm-hmm. surgery MRI. And for whatever reason, I mean, you know, this is night shift, but for whatever reason, they took like the two smallest nurses they could find to get me off my bed onto this gurney. And then when I got to the MRI room, like from the gurney onto the MRI table and, you know, I'm, I'm like over six feet, you know, 180 <laughs> pounds, whatever. And he got these you know, like, collectively, I'm bigger than them, you know. And they're just like, you know, they're trying to scooch me off. And they're like, you got to help me. You got to help here. And I'm like, I can't move. I'm trying, you know. It's like crazy. That's like know? dead weight. Yeah. So, but they finally, you know, did that. Went back to the room. But, uh, no. So, I think it's just normal after any major mm. surgery. You know, so. And it, it was just kind of, you know, baby steps. It was like, you know, I was pretty fortunate. I'm right-handed. And, uh, um, and it happened, it, it was on my right side of my brain. So it affects my left side. Oh, okay. So I didn't have to relearn how to draw or anything, you know, per se. Um, but, uh, but as far as walking, like my left foot, you know, I, I had to be looking at it. It'd be like pointing in or out and, you know, things right, like that. So right. you just have to remind me, okay, walk, you know, watch and wow. you know, just, just kind of like real basic stuff, but yeah. stuff that my brain, you know, still like my left hand, I have to look at it to know what it's doing. Like wow. if I'm holding, if I'm holding a glass of water and I start doing like walking, if I'm not watching, it's like, oh shit, I just spilled it. Oh really? Got a trail of water down the hallway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. But, but, um, but yeah, so, um, and then they did, therapy so i was uh so i went for the first six 
six for the first six weeks I was going to radiation Monday through Monday through Friday mm. and then um, every day I was uh, having chemotherapy which I was taking it pills orally so mm. I didn't have to go and sit more you know a lot of times they go through your bloodstream or whatever so right. I'd have to deal with that um, but uh, so I was going to that or I was taking that every night and uh, and like I said six days or uh, for six weeks five times a, um, a week I was going through the radiation and um, and there was a couple of days where it just knocked me out I mean you know, one time after it was like I, my oncologist, he was so, he didn't know what the hell. I mean, he couldn't catch up, and they were changing the system. So it's like those days where I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, my <laughs> and, God. And then it's like by the time, you know, Rhonda, would, you know, we'd finally get out of there, and the, like, rock bottom moment was we're sitting in this restaurant waiting for the food, and, and then it's just finally like, I'm just like, I can't even sit, sit up. I start like feeling like wow. a junkie and I'm not now. And so she's just like, can we get this to go? And she's dragging me out to the car. And she's also not a very large person. So it's like getting wow. me to the, you know, to the car. It's just dragging the said weight. And, so, uh, and I'm like, so is that, that, it was like just total fatigue. Is that what it's like? Just no yeah. energy whatsoever. Yeah. Like it zaps and, all the energy yeah. out of you. Right. Yeah. Radiation is not pleasant. Plus, yeah. you know, the, um, and, uh, plus I hadn't, I don't think I was supposed to eat before radiation. And then it was just like the doc going to the oncologist appointment afterwards. And they were, you know, it was just waiting there forever and they just never you know, had a reschedule with them. Right. And so it was just, by the time we finally got there, I was just toast. Um, so and then she's dragging me out, and I'm thinking all these people are watching me like, what are you, Dion? <laughs> <laughs> so during this, during your treatment and everything, were you living under the assumption that you might only have like six months to live? Yeah. So you're yeah, dealing with pretty... all this treatment that makes you feel like shit, and then you're also having yeah. to think about what does this mean for I might be dead in six months? I mean, that's... Right. What a burden yeah. on, on you and her. Yeah. I mean, that's so yeah. huge. Right. Rhonda did a lot of research, which um, there's like, I did a really intensive ketogenic diet and mm. um, intermittent fasting, was working with the nutritionist. So that helps with um, cancer cells. Like your body typically burns um, carbohydrates and sugar cells. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so your body, if you get into ketosis, your body can, it learns how to um, feed off of fat cells, but cancer cells aren't smart enough to flip over. So that's why I got yeah. into ketosis. And uh, so in that sense, we were, you know, starving the cancer, um, wow. the cancer cells out. And then um, we also were, you know, and I was working with the nutritionist, like, via Skype um, from, she was somewhere in like Montana or something. But, uh, um, and at the time there just, I was working with her because there wasn't anybody that would do that um, locally. And uh, um, so I was working with her and then um, Rhonda also found this research for um, hyperbaric chamber, mm -hmm. but you know, insurance companies won't pay for that because it's not one of the five things that required. So, Right. We were, that was 
luckily some of the money that was raised, I was doing that before radiation, which would it would protect the good cells and it would also push the um, the cancer cells, like kind of push them out of hiding. So when I go into radiation, it would not just protect my brain, but it would expose the um, the you know the cancer cells more. Right. So you know. So we did a lot of other things, right. um, just alternative, you know, you know, ways of going about it. And um, so, but yeah, for, so I'm thinking, okay, I got a year, maybe at best to live. And I'm, so I'm going, okay, I'm not even going to get to see my kids, you know, graduate, right. you know, so they kind of put these short-term goals. It's like, okay, you know, eventually I made it to my six month, then I made it to my year, you know, and then it's just like this and this and then started thinking, well, it'd be awesome if I could get to see my, you know, kids graduate, right. you know, but that's years away. That's never going to happen. And then it's like, oh, maybe I'll get to see him graduate from college. You know? and <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Like, and now they're both up in, uh, you know, daughter just graduated last semester from uh, NYU and my son graduated the year before and so you know, cool. he started his career and stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it's just like, yeah don't want to put my guard down too much right but, yeah. but, but it's looking yeah. pretty good that's amazing yeah yeah that's, so. that's amazing i mean was there i mean was there a point when you were able to kind of go okay i'm not gonna uh i'm not assuming that i'm gonna be dead in a few months i mean is there a point where you're like okay this is obviously they were wrong you know or for whatever reason i'm outlasting this right. diagnosis yeah i Kind of. I never really thought that it was going to be like, I definitely, like I said, originally I didn't think, you know, be there for a year and each milestone or, you know, every month, every MRI, you know, right. it's just like, wow, you know, it's still going. And, um, you know, and so after two years, as doctor, I'm like, I'm not supposed to still be here, but I am. So, I mean, how much is it the longer out, the more chance you have of survival? And he's like, yeah, kind of, but you know, right. nobody's really, you know, it's like very few people made it to the two or five year mark. Uh, and that, like I said, I'm in such uncharted waters that, you know, they, you know, the last time I was at the, seeing this new doctor, you know, when we moved to North Carolina and they're less like, uh, What's your secret, Superman? <laughs> I mean, isn't there only you're one of how many people that have survived this long? It's like there's not very many, but I don't know how many. And a lot of the ones who have made it to like long term um, have had several surgeries and that along the way, right? Which you know I haven't had to deal with that. Amazing, so. amazing. Yeah, but. Uh, so I guess the moral of the story is everybody get off your asses and don't let life fly by because you never know what's around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's such an incredible story. It's, uh, I, uh, yeah, completely tripping me out thinking about it. There's so many different things I want to ask you about it, but, um, oh, fucking this bird's tweeting. Hold on. I gotta get the bird in <laughs> Hold on. All right, all right. Okay, here we go. Damn, crazy. Oh, wait. It's a hungry bird. <laughs> okay. You got to give it a little piece of dog, dog food soaked in water on a... Oh, God. On a, on a uh, 
toothpick. At least you don't have the baby bird. <laughs> What's that? At least you don't have the baby bird feed it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so cute. It's amazing. Okay. Do you know what kind of bird it is? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you know, uh, it's got feathers. It looks like pretty healthy. I think it just fell out of the nest and the mother kept knocking it back out or something. So the, yeah. the girls are just have been feeding it. It's still alive. I know a lot of people that have fed these things and just let them go, you know, and they, and they, right. and they make it. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry for the interruption. Um, so, no. um, okay. Sorry, I gotta... <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> I, what, so, so, uh, this changed your, your, your art career drastically. I mean, it kind of changed how you can create. And, right. And so I was wondering, you know, was there at what point did you realize, oh, I, I have to kind of reteach myself to draw um, again? It was yeah, it was weird because at first, you know, first it was a little shaky. But, you know, when I was going to doing life drawing and stuff, it was like, um, you know, it's kind of like, OK, this is a little rough, but it wasn't too long. I kind of felt like I got my chops back and mm. I did a couple of, I did several paintings and drawings, um, you know, kind of based on the whole, uh, cancer, you know, experience. Right. Um, and, uh, so I did that and then eventually, um, it was kind of funny too, because I realized at a certain point, I'm like, I was going to life drawing across town once a month at best, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm like, I'm doing it every, you know, doing it every week. And, you know, and then I noticed, okay, I'm starting to go, I'm getting worse instead of better, which, okay. And, uh, I just kind of assumed that was happening all along. Mm. And then I started going back through some of my old drawings and I realized I was improving pretty drastically mm. and, uh, or, Oh, drastic's the right word, but <laughs> I was improving pretty um, quick, and then I just hit this point where you know I hit a plateau, and things started just like you know, okay, wait a minute, those are getting uglier and uglier as we move on. <laughs> What's what seems and, to be the the biggest issue with as far as how how you used to be able to paint and how you can now do it? Are there certain you know aspects? Yeah, some of it. Um, a little bit of its coordination, but that once again, being my, that I'm right-handed, it's not so much that, I mean, holding the mall stick with my left hand, leaning on something, you know, right. that's not too much of a trouble. But, uh, I, um, I, I don't know. I just, things start looking differently and to the point where they, you know, I, well, I lost my ability, not necessarily to see realistic, but forms are just not, what they used to look like like when you look if you were to look at something and then try and draw it is the thing that you're looking at does it change the way you're seeing things or just change the way you're imagining it to get it on paper um yes (laughs) really (laughs) so like when you see things they're distorted sometimes yeah and then when i go to draw them one i lose my place of where like okay i'm looking here and I'm, oh, you get lost, so it's like, kind of. Yeah, I get lost hmm. on what I was, you know. So I'm like trying to, you know, I used to like drawing hands, and it's like freaking drawing a hand now. It's like, okay, well, which finger am I on? <laughs> you know, it's right. like, and uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll go from 
is just having such a hard time drawing from life, you know, maybe I'll, you know, just draw from photos and, you know, a lot of that. And then I could even, you know, still had a problem with where I was at with, you know, getting lost on things. Mm -hmm. But then I, um, realized it's, uh, it, you know, it wasn't that I started doing it on paper and I was marking like, okay, I'm going to work on this section, did the grid thing, tried everything. And it just, wow. I don't know, things were just getting more and more. I don't even know how to describe it. It just doesn't look the same. And then I get like weird. I've had several weird visions. Like, uh, you know, there's been times where I just, you know, saw Rhonda sitting down at the end of the hallway and I knew she wasn't there, but I had to look like a dozen times and I swear I see her. And well, you know, I mean, out of time, the corner of your eye kind of, or no looking directly like, at, I felt, I felt, yeah, I felt out of the corner of my eye. I felt like there was somebody there. And then, so I turned and looked and it's like this couch at the end of the hallway and I swear, it's like I can picture the position she was in and everything, you know, and it just, she wasn't there. Oh so I knew God. she was in there. Right. She's at work, you know, and I kept, I looked like a dozen times, you know, because wow. I kept seeing her there. And then I've had other times where, like, I think I told you, it's like, out of the corner of my eye for, like, a whole day I was standing up uh, painting, and I see Abe Lincoln, like, this silhouette of Abe Lincoln standing next to me for the whole freaking day man i'm like what the hell <laughs> did, did like, you turn get and a look brush, man. Did, did... yeah i kept looking i'm like get a brush at least dude you know? <laughs> so when you would look he would go away yeah when i looked it was just like nothing there yeah, but so... as soon as i would look turn it was you know i'd see it again <laughs> that is so, so strange yeah you've yeah. had you've had a lot of weird kind of Vi yeah. hallucinations or visions since this right yeah um well the worst i think like when i first got out of the hospital i mean i was pretty on a lot of medications and mm -hmm. then also just had a piece of my brain scooped out right. you know um so i would lay in bed and it just looked like i don't know, it looked like a scene from hellraiser or something the walls were just pulsing and sewn together and oh my just, god like, just yeah, it was pretty horrific. But it was it wasn't just randomness, it was like specifically like a hell realm kind of, right? Yeah, it was just like, I mean, it was oozy, bloody and oh, that, it weird. was just grotesque. Wow. So, that must and have that happened once. Yeah, that was just not once, that happened several times. Oh and, my god. And now it's one of the things that's weird is like when I close my eyes at night, I see this like green glow. Um, like the light's still on, like there's something, but it's like pitch black and I'll see this green glow, which is weird. And that's pretty regular, wow. like, you know, weird ringing my ears and not like from being in a band, you know, you get that tinnitus, but right. it goes way beyond that where I just, you know, get, you know, just get these blasts of, you know, intense, like a couple of them were so intense. Like my equilibrium got knocked off so hard that I, you know, went down on my knees. Wow. Um, but, uh, and that, I think some of that's the medications and stuff yeah, yeah. it's like sometimes worse than the others. Right. I think the, probably the craziest visual thing that is a constant is if I'm sitting next to somebody, like if they're, um, like if they're on the left side of me and I'll just, uh, if they're doing something with the right hand, I think I'm doing that. It's my hand. Oh, I'll look down weird. and stuff. And, uh, yeah, there was... I was uh, helped curating a couple of group shows at this gallery in Orlando. And, uh, you know, and they were, 
you know, it was the judging process. So I'd be there. And so we'd be looking at everything through, you know, the computer screen. And if the person that was, you know, hitting the, the arrows on, was on my left side, I'm like that. I know that's not my arm, but I'm like, I, I can't take it anymore. Let me switch sides. Cause it's oh, like, weird. It's, so it feels it's like, like it's, your arm it feels like, yeah, oh, it feels like weird. that's my arm doing it. You know, it's like weird. I, it's, the brain's a strange thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, wow. Yeah. So that's, but anyways, that's amazing. yeah. Backtrack a little bit right after I got out of the hospital and went through the treatments. It's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, we've got a limited amount of time. Let's hit some bucket list things. And so, you know, we took a month off and went to Europe for, you know, with, uh, it took Nate and Ileana and Rhonda and I all went to Europe. And um, we did that a couple of times, actually. Some friends met us over there for a week and, you know, it was just had a blast. But, uh, you know, I also went to out west. I always wanted to see the bristlecone pine trees and, you know, so I went to Yosemite and I went up and saw the trees and, um, you know, yeah, I'm a, I guess I'm a hippie at heart or yeah. something. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've been obsessed with those. I was at a garage, you know, garage sale with my grandmother, kind of like the Saw story. It was like I was seven years right. old and I pick up this book on trees and I'm thumbing through it while she's looking through old you know, shoes or whatever. And, uh, and I see this book, and then there was a picture of the bristlecone pine, and I had never seen anything like it. I'm like, oh, my God, grandma, can I have this book? You know, it was like five cents or something. Right. And so she bought it for me, and uh, I think I still have the thing. Wow. But, uh, um, but from that point on, I'm like, at some point in my life, I got to see these trees. Right, you know? yeah. They're, they're, very, they're only in, like, one place, and it's pretty remote, you know. Oh, wow. But uh, in California, so went out there and so did that. And then another more of a long-term thing, you know, Rhonda and I both have always, you know, I've got Italian heritage. She's always loved Italy. Mm. Um, so we are like, you know, I was trying to get my Italian dual citizenship through my heritage. Mm. And uh, so we we're trying to do that. And so it's like, you know, what, let's just move to Italy. The company we're working with, they're like, you know, um, yeah, we got the, you should have everything done. So kind of, we left a little prematurely. I mean, they were saying, yeah, it's no big deal. We'll have it in a couple of months. So we're like, well, I want to go now. So we went and, uh, you know, we wanted to be there at least a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the paperwork never went through and we kept getting let on. Okay, yeah, in a month and two months and three months, whatever. And finally, you know, being there a year, we were, you know, we were those illegals. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we wore out our welcome by nine months. So we finally, like, okay, you know, um, we're getting ready to pack up and, you know, come home. And, uh, so there was a couple things that happened here emergency wise. Nephew died and, and uh, all that. So we just, just kind of pushed our date up a week or whatever, mm-hmm. got home. But, uh, yeah. So, but now, you know, after that, we like, you know, our second place, if we weren't going to live in, uh, if, if we couldn't live in Italy, which we haven't given up on that yet, still yeah. trying to find a way to get over there because I'd love to be back again. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing place. Um, yeah. So, um, but if it doesn't work out, um, you know, we always said, you know, this area of, around Asheville, North Carolina is where, you know, we came here on vacation all the time and just 
the landscape with the mountains and you know it's just uh it's amazing mm. you know it's still like even with the lockdown and everything it's nice because you know we can just drive out you know five minutes and we're in a very isolated like we'll go for a walk on these trails for hours and not oh, see anybody cool. else you know so yeah sounds good yeah. <laughs> yeah. that sounds great to me <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while you'll see a you know somebody in waders sitting in the stream fly fishing but they're you know really? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah so. so so talk a little bit about um you know how this has affected your art because i know that you're kind of i don't know yeah you're you've you've turned into a different kind of artist now and you're kind of expressing uh uh kind of a different vision than you had before you're like kind of expressing your brain trauma in a way into this artwork which is really interesting yeah Yeah, i when i got for the longest time i was fighting with you know for a couple years i was fighting with wanting to be able to do you know this why you know keep doing the reality yeah, but it kept getting harder and harder and harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was harder and harder and harder. And so I finally, at one point, was just like, I just can't do it anymore. So I'm going to take some time off from that and see where things go. So mm-hmm. I want to still keep, you know, as much as I can, keep form and texture and and that sort of thing in there. But I wanted to have some form of, you know, um, representational aspects in it that you know it can look might not look like anything you can identify with but it still has that form of something that could be right and uh so that's you know i just let the shit flow fall from my the hole in my head and land on the paper (laughs) (laughs) so and i first did that when we were um when we moved to like right before we moved to italy Mm. and so i got to italy and and it's just like makeshift uh you know i was trying to find because i always draw standing up and mm. paint whatever um so i was like you know making putting uh chairs on tables with the board leaning on them mm-hmm. so i've been in a makeshift studio forever and then we were when we got back into town i was gonna like okay i can get all my stuff in my studio when we moved to north carolina i'll have my desk and my easel and all that back and uh it just uh it was like okay well finally got a job and we had to move up here before we had a chance to take care of that part of it and it's like okay we'll go down a couple of you know months and then it was just like one thing after another and then with this lockdown it's like okay now i can't get there and you know so i finally went and bought this you know this uh little crappy easel that it can at least work on but it's like wobbly and, mm. you know if i put weight like if i have my mall stick leaning on the board i'm working on it'll start like the whole easel start leaning over right. so <laughs> i use my cane which is a little longer and i put that <laughs> i put that on the wall right <laughs> so, but um but yeah so the artwork is definitely morphed into a lot of different ways and i at first it was like, okay, this is, it was so freeing because right. I, I was just let it go, you know, and then now I getting more frustrated again because I feel like it's starting to go backwards and I'm 
hmm. really fighting it. Um, and I probably just need to let it go. Right. I mean, I still like, still like some of the stuff I'm doing, but it's, it's not, it's not what, I mean, it's just more just abstract and I hate to say just abstract. Cause I know a lot of people, that's what they like, but yeah. that's not what I want to be doing. So, right. so I'm still fighting with trying to, find that balance of what I can do and, you know, sneak it into these abstract things. Right. You know, and I've done, even when I was doing realism, I did a lot of, um, you know, started stuff with just, or when I'm in my sketch pad, I just start with scribbles and, Mm -hmm. you know, just throw, you know, chalk or a part of powdered graphite onto a canvas and just, you know, move it around and then just start erasing into it. Right. Find stuff. So, you know, and I was doing that a lot with oils, a lot of the, the automatic surrealist techniques and that. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of experimenting with that when I was younger. Okay. Um, you know, the, yeah, the, you know, Max Ernst, I think, was probably the most, you know, the surrealist. I think he pushed things the most. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the technique of uh, decalmania, decalmania, or something like that is pronounced, but it was like, put to you know put some paint on a oh yeah on a surface and then another pit surface over it and you just get these like weird lines and stuff and then just you know that not that's not done start painting into that and right. stuff like that so um yeah one of my favorite paintings was his which half of it was done with those kind of techniques Europe right. after the rain huh. so so i mean are you do you have a vision in your in the way you're creating now? Do you have like a vision in your mind that you're trying to express, or are you just kind of doing it and whatever comes out, you're trying to kind of develop it into something? A little bit of both. I mean, some of the things I go into, I have a very specific of you know sketch of okay, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It rarely works out that way. <laughs> but, 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 Same uh, with me though. Um, yeah i mean and it sucks too a lot of times i'll like i love the sketch it's looking great and then when i go to you know draw bigger on my you know paper um it just it isn't there you know it just loses something you know but it's still enough where i can you know get close to what i wanted to do but uh a lot of times it just takes a complete you know 180 and is you know i lose control of it and just whatever comes out comes out um, and that's happened more and more lately as time's gone on. But, uh, so I've been doing a lot more of these, I did a whole series. I think I got, probably did about a dozen of, they're all done in graphite and they're all roughly 10 by 20 inches. Um, so that's like a whole series, which is, that's not kind of been a goal of mine is to, you know, at one point do a whole series and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'd love to be able to show that but you know it's yeah. like kind of backwards it's like typically yeah, galleries like okay yeah sure um and next year on the state you know put together a show right. and I'm like, okay i got the stuff do a show you know <laughs> hey but, uh, so, yeah but um but so i've been kind of playing around i've always liked the textures and images and the abstract um elements of deep space whether mm. it's you know, the hurricanes and the swirls of Jupiter and, right. you know, or just nebula and galaxies in, a, in the distance. And so I've done a lot of work or pieces based on that, even, mm-hmm. you know, before and I still mm-hmm. do 
Um, and those are, you know, you can kind of wing it. (laughs) That's something you can just, you know, I mean, a couple of them I went, you know, very specific, like, okay, I'm going to get this section of Jupiter's, you know, chain of swirls and, you know, things like that. And a lot, a lot of it's more just like, you know, making it up as I go along. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it it seems like this, this, um, this, uh, uh, brain tumor has really forced you to just let go not you know with your artwork but just like with with life you know yeah just kind of like say fuck it i i've you know i i'm gonna do what i want or you know and 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 i'm you know gonna work within this framework this new framework i've got yeah well when i first first guy of the hospital asked our oncologist it's like so what what do we do now and he answers um pre- prepare for the worst and hope for the best and i'm like what the fuck kind of bullshit answer is that <laughs> but but it's like what else can you do yeah what right. else can you say <laughs> but it just seemed like such a what the hell is that yeah <laughs> But uh, so I guess I was kind of prepared for the worst and hoping for the best. And so far I have, you know, had that. So, yeah, um, knock on knock on wood. I'm still around and plan on bothering people for another <laughs> another seven and then seven. Yeah, after right. that, so. So. yeah I, I, I think that, you know, uh, I've, I've told you this before. I, I just think that um, in regards to your artwork, it's such an interesting story and and. Uh, I don't know, an interesting place to start from, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and there's also kind of like a cosmic spiritual angle to it to me. It's like, whereas you're, you're kind of working with what you got and you're mm-hmm. not letting it kill your creative spirit instead yeah. of being like, oh, I can't do representational work the way I want to fuck all this it's like you're still you still want to create and you're just like okay i'm going to create the way that i can create however i can create and i'm going to make that yeah. work for me which is yeah. kind of well, a deep deep message i think yeah i well i think it's a big part of why i'm here 7 years later you know mm. um it's like you know i mean a lot of people just say you know screw it and sit on the couch and wait for their Right. The number. Um, some people actually go back to work and, um, you know, try to keep it going until it just gets to the point where it's debilitating and right. they can't do it anymore. Um, especially like, uh, you know, a friend of, uh, my parents had, she had, uh, I, she had glioblastoma, had surgery and, you know, was doing good. She like she made it two year mark. Mm. and was like okay you know thinking she was out of it and then it came back mm. and it was like and uh so she made it for a little while longer but it was just you know it gets to a point where you know it's you know there's just no turning back but right. uh you know so i've you know been very fortunate and like from the like i said uh all the support spiritually and everything else and a lot of the alternative things and stuff that you know done with just uh you know taking different you know supplements Mm -hmm. and various things a lot of which the first oncologist i was working with he was just like 
him and his team kind of like when I was, yeah, I'm going to try this diet and try the, you know, the, um, the, uh, hyperbaric chamber. And they're just like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't recommend it. And it's like, okay, well, fine. I'm going to do it anyways. You right. know? And, it's just like, <laughs> and so at the point of uh, coming in with a couple of, uh, art, you know, to him, a hair bringing idea, you know, he finally was just like, you know, okay, you're going to do whatever you going to do. Right. So, <laughs> but after a little while, it's like, uh, you know, I asked our, my uh, surgeon, I had a follow up with the brain surgeon and said, do you know of any other oncologists and brain <laughs> neuro oncologist in town? And he's like, yeah, we're at this hospital. There's, you know, he's awesome. And so I started seeing him and, oh. you know, I don't see him anymore because, you know, we um, was up seeing him up until we moved to Italy uh-huh. and then found a doctor there. And contrary to popular belief here in the States, the medical system in Europe is freaking awesome. You know, yeah. it's like, um, you know, they, I go in with a prescription, even as a foreigner, you know, don't have proper paperwork. I go in with a prescription and they're like, Ooh, like look at me like, Oh, that's going to be expensive. And it's like, I'm thinking, Oh, how many hundreds of dollars am I dealing with? And it's like, that would be seven fifty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. You know, and, so much of it's just like you know there's like no copay or whatever and mm-hmm. when i went to the the uh when i went to my mris uh i was paying and went to a private hospital i was paying out of pocket and my mris were i think it was like 340 dollars for for everything the doctor wow. the mri the you know looking at it my copay here was like three grand right for this for the same thing and then actually it was more because it was other doctors that had to look at the scans and stuff. So, you know, it's like, you know, same with the drugs, like co-pays were anywhere from, you know, 20 to a hundred dollars per prescription. You know, and it's just like, you know, you broke pretty quick. Yeah. So So like I said, once again, all the, a lot of what's helped besides the other, everything else, it's just been the, you know, the financial support that we've been, lucky enough to get yeah um, i mean even like sideshows helped out and you know my friends that people i worked with at disney yeah and, that's awesome you know just like i said just people all over the world friends family you know yeah got the uh, yeah and got people from on well not too many people in australia or new zealand but well, i know some people from there but uh, you know i just had people <laughs> From you know Asia, Europe, South America, North America, you know it's like almost the you know every continent. I had you know people, you know praying for me, uh, you know meditating for right. me, whatever you want to call it, you know whatever you do, so I'm just sending the vibes my way. Amazing. So I know that that uh, definitely helps. Wow, you know? wow. Yeah. Did so. you ha- did you have any? Uh, uh, I mean, did you have any sort of like? I don't know spiritual breakthroughs from this thing or non-spiritual breakthroughs or i mean did it change Uh, the way you view that sort of thing at all or no i mean i've i've kind of off and on dabbled with um you know i've never been like full on just been um disciplined with meditation Mm -hmm and that and Rhonda's very good with you know she's you know way better with that than uh, i am and she's always been you know does a lot of you know 
yoga, um, you know, a lot of Dharma talks about, you know, Buddhism and mm. stuff. So, cool. um, and I, you know, I go along with some of that, um, you know, listen, you know, I think that's where I'm most in line with, mm -hmm. um, you know, to me, everybody, you know, whether they admit it or not, everybody's agnostic because no, as much as you think, you know, what's going to happen next yeah, when yeah. you die, nobody freaking knows. Yep. So, yeah. So you can be either you know, way. Nobody knows about either way. this, about <laughs> yeah. that. Everybody is agnostic. You know, yeah. agnostic so, yeah. you know, I don't care I what agree. you tell me otherwise. Totally. So, totally. But, and I know, I know my dad's going to give me a lot of shit for that. Guy. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, no, I truly, yeah, I like to think there's, you know, this magical paradise in the other world, but, uh, you know, and it has changed like for pretty much my whole life. I just, you know, I'm worm food. Um, oh, that's, yeah. you know, it just rotten, you know, right. don't embalm me. I don't want those chemicals. <laughs> I need to put that in there. Just, you know, and Rhonda found this, uh, green cemetery where they'll just put you, wrap you in a, cloth or put you in a pine box oh and, that's cool you know yeah and it's on protected land and stuff mm. and there's quite a few i'm like i think there's in every state now it's gotten more All right other thing but uh you know and the people there um you know worked there were really awesome i was down in florida mm. but uh if i find something up here if i was uh gonna do that now but it's not like forefront of my thinking now because yeah I'm, it's not as much of a shadow, although, you know, you got, they call it scanxiety. I'm getting ready to go for my MRI scans. Like the week leading up to that, it definitely get a little bit more anxiety oh, than yeah. typically have and stuff. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't even think of that, but that's, yeah. seems so obvious. In the beginning, yeah. In the beginning, big time. Oh my God. But, uh, but now I still, it's like, still get it, you know, right. so just not to the extent. I had to, it's so, there's a couple of things that have happened with medical stuff. One time, the Rhonda called this doctor who specializes in, you know, sur um, uh, epilepsy related to brain surgery, cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, wait a minute. You know, she was explaining to him and he's like, wait a minute. Your husband had a glioblastoma four years ago and he's walking and he's talking. What are you complaining about? Count your blessings and, you know, shut up. Leave me alone. You know? <laughs> and then uh, I went out to Cleveland Clinic to see, they were going to see if they can, they did some tests to see if they can find the focal point where the seizures were coming from. Mm -hmm. And they were going to um, do, see if it was possible to remove that in uh, that area and, which it turned out it wasn't. But when I started talking to them, they didn't believe that they thought I was misdiagnosed because that was like four or five years into it. Wow. So they thought I had, it had been misdiagnosed. So they wanted to see, you know, a, a piece of the scan or, or the, you know, they kept part of the tumor on ice somewhere. Uh -huh. So, so they looked at it and said, well, I guess they did diagnose it. Right. <laughs> so, so, and, uh, that, they put me through hell for the test on that, but uh, <laughs> turned out turned out the uh, epicenter of the of the seizures was not a place they can get to uh, safe. It wasn't uh, worth the risk. So. Uh, right. But you know, so so anyways, I'm uh, just 
I'm high on pharmaceuticals all day. day. Yeah. <laughs> There's worse things. There's worse things in life. Uh, well, I don't know. Probably a good high. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so enough cancer talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what are your, what are your uh, I mean, what are your plans for, for, your, for your artwork? I, um, my plan is to just keep going. I'm really itching. I've done some oil stuff and I'm really itching to get back into more oil work. Um, just cause it's my, always been my love. I mean, I really like working with graphite as well, mm. but, um, you know, and when I went to Italy, I only use graphite because it's a lot easier to walk around with the, oh, okay. you know, it's a portfolio right. of paper and a, you know, box of pencils and it is, you know, a bunch of canvases or whatever. Yeah. Um, and shit's expensive as hell to ship back and forth. Yeah. And too. But, uh, so, so yeah, I'm going to just kind of keep going see where things take me. Like I said, I want to get back into oils. I've been playing around with some more color experiments a mm. little bit and, you know, just, so uh, I want to see, that's what I want to see. I want to see the color when yeah. you start messing with color. Yeah. You know. Right. And it's even that, like I the the I did a couple oil paintings. The last one I did, I sketched out, I knew what I wanted to do. I, I did an underpainting for it and then I start painting over it and it should just be like paint by numbers once you got the underpainting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it turns into a completely I you know, it went through three or four. I mean it ended up where I wanted to where I started with, but it went through all kinds of mutations before he got back to there to the point where the underpainting is far from ever going to be right. showing through right. the layers, you know. But no. I mean, that's, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like we've been, what we've been talking about. It's you, you gotta, you gotta just, you know, it's like you're, you're not, it's like you're, you're not directing the art anymore. It's like you're, you're, the art is telling you what you can do sort of. And it's like, right. but, but I think that that's the, and that doesn't, it's not as bad as it sounds. I think that's like, that's the way it should be. I I feel like, I mean, with my mm-hmm. artwork, I feel like I'm there to serve the art. You right. know what I mean? And so, you know, you've got a specific way now that you can serve the art right. and that's going to bring up, it's probably going to bring out stuff that you would have never done otherwise types of artwork yeah, and so and so yeah. i mean i i take the spiritual and phil- philosophical approach that you know that's that's the art spirit wants that kind of artwork from you that's why you're in this right. position because that's the artwork you need yeah. to be making and that's going to yeah. lead you to i don't know a greater understanding of yourself or whatever the magic right. thing that art does for the artist you know yeah definitely it's uh it's been that way. It's happening that way. Like I said, it definitely has its frustrations and mm-hmm. that as it goes. But yeah, uh, that's just art, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No matter what. <laughs> and, and, and I know you're you're always pushing, uh, you know, Patreon. And I would love to. I mean, I don't know what I. Well, I do know I have a lot of stuff to offer because of so many different things. I've done everything from you know scenic work, yeah. you know, and uh, sign giant dinosaurs, all those, you know, miniature things. And then, you know, drawing, painting, you mm-hmm. know, of with every medium, basically, except for a couple that I still haven't tried yet, but I'm looking forward to getting my 
<laughs> sink my you know teeth into. Yeah. But uh, you know, so I I'm thinking about doing it, but I know, as you mentioned, you know, it's not a place to build a following. You have to have a following to get right. You know, but... set one up. So I'm. Uh, you hear you, you're gonna hear it here first. I'm gonna um I might I'm gonna start every time I hit a thousand new followers on my Instagram, which is Kelowna Fine Art. Um, but uh, so every time I hit a thousand new followers, I'm gonna give away a you know small painting. Oh, cool! To somebody that's you know just draw somebody's name from the the list of uh, followers. That's cool. So yeah. That's that's great, and that's and that's C O L L O N A Fine Art. It's C O L O. See, <laughs> I already fucked it up. C O L O N N A Fine Art. Right. Is your Instagram and, on okay. Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm well, in the in the never ending process of building a website, which will be clonafineart.com. Yeah. But yeah, if I ever get that done. Yeah. Well. And that, as far as the Patreon thing goes, what I always say is, you know, if you're willing to not, you know, have like one patron for a while or two or five, it's like right. put the thing up and then it's there. Mm-hmm. You just have to be okay with it not taking off for maybe a year or who knows how long it's going to be. What happens is right. pe- people start them, they don't get an immediate response, and then they just let it go and they just like fuck it mm-hmm. and and and. and pay no attention to it but if you're you know if you're you know you can build your fan base and have the patreon open right you know and yeah. you could be making a couple bucks maybe a month it's like yeah why not it's there yeah if, if it's not there the opportunity to give you support you give you money is not going to be there in that way right. so you might as well just put it up and mm-hmm. you know what i mean right yeah i'm not expecting to make a living or anything off it but it's just something i want to do it more for just you know, like I said, I spent so many years studying what I can find of, you know, old master and yeah, you know, not no, that got most def- people don't want to do it, you <laughs> know, and then between that airbrushing, yep. you know, texturing, you know, doing a lot of faux finishing on things from, you know, tiny to, you know, a you, 14 foot T-Rex. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and I mean, you could be, you could repost your articles from amazing figure modeler and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well, you know, cause it's like, yeah, it's all valuable info that people are interested in. So, yeah, there's one, uh, right after my surgery, I did, a did the editorial for the magazine and it's basically, uh, you know, it's like a call to arms, get, get off your ass and, you know, go do something, uh, you know, do something you've always wanted to do. And what I'll do is, for all you, not to sound like a uh, public radio, <laughs> um, you know, fun drive, but uh, <laughs> for all you slackers out there that are listening to this, but not paying, it's like, you know, pay and you get access to the website and everything else. But I'm going to post um, that editorial I did. I'll go ahead and post that on the um dark art society website oh cool so, That'd be yeah awesome. it's just it's yeah it's not the you know i don't know if everybody's going to be into it but it's a you know something i wrote right after i got done with this and yeah it's a different perspective than i have now i haven't even read it in a while but it's just uh basically get off your ass and do something <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a that's a great message well i mean that's <laughs> I, that's we talked about this beforehand. Why one of the reasons, you know, like I said, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. But one of the reasons that it seemed like now's a good time is that, you know, your your story is, you know, 
a story of hope, you know, you mm-hmm. know, and inspiration to for you yeah. know people to get off their asses and do what they've always wanted to do because it could be taken away at any moment and you're you're gonna have you know if that happens you will have never done the thing you wanted to do it's like stop putting it off you right. know, you're living proof that uh everything yeah. can change right well you know? in this uh time as you said earlier it's like you know everybody needs a little bit of hope <laughs> right. Going on right now. <laughs> i know and that's the other thing it's it's i i you know and I, it's funny because things keep getting kind of worse or early you know back before the the coronavirus and all this other stuff it was like never been a better time never been a better time <laughs> to do your do the thing you always wanted to do because everything's so fucked up and it's like it keeps kind of getting worse and it's like that message becomes more and more true all the time right you know? it's never been a better time yeah yeah, I mean, there's definitely things are getting worse, but they're getting, I mean, there's definitely been, I mean, the Black Lives Matter movement is, you know, that's huge. It's oh, like know, amazing yeah. what they, yeah. they finally, Worldwide. the straw that broke the camel's back finally, you know, got things rolling. And it's, you know, it's nice to see change happening that quick. I mean, it's still a long way to go and there always will be. Yeah, you yeah. can't go hundreds of years of that bullshit without, you know expecting it to be changed overnight but uh it's you know proud of so many people doing amazing things out there and my daughter's been really proactive Mm -hmm. um you know some other she's actually she's in new york so she's right in the heart of it and that helps out but uh yeah so it's good seeing those changes like i said it's you know i think the changes people want isn't necessarily gonna happen definitely not overnight but at least it's brought things more to the tension. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, in this virus, that's just a whole other thing altogether. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's like... It's like... The, the, but that, that that's the thing about the, the way life is right now with all this stuff going on. Mm-hmm. It's like... <clears throat> it, it, it forces you to either go insane, trying to... <laughs> you know, hold on to the, what you, what you knew or what you've all, what you're accustomed to. It kind of forces, forces people to make a choice. It's like, you can either kind of, uh, get caught up in the, in the, uh, get caught up in reality, or you can learn to let go and learn to adapt to change, which is kind of an Eastern philosophy type of thing where it's like you're you know no grasping no holding on to everything you need to kind of like it's not go with the flow it's don't hold on to the illusions around you because it's all Mm. a bunch of bullshit pretty much right you know and um i don't know i could not and i didn't even it wasn't intentional but it's like i could even kind of see your life as an example of that in a way you know it's like you were forced to let go of a lot of shit and you know yeah, you know, sometimes you can control it. Other times, it's just the shit you get dealt to you. you yeah, know? and but, you just uh, gotta kind of go with it <laughs> and trust. Right. Trust the universe is what I always say. Trust that the yeah. universe is not hostile. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it seems to be pretty hostile at times. But I know. Yeah. I know. Like you said, <laughs> though, you just kind of got to go with it and make it. Uh, Make your own universe as good as you can. Right, um, right. You know, I think that's important. You know, do, do things because it's right, not because of the fear of what might happen. You know, right. Do good things because it's the right thing to do. Um, or do, do things of, because it's 
yeah it's what's in your heart basically you know yeah. it's like be true to yourself find out who you are and do that thing mm-hmm. you know because there's no more time to, to there's no you know there's no there's the the days of working at a place and then re- retiring and getting your gold watch and having yeah. your forget it it's over <laughs> it's not right. Maybe if you're lucky, but generally, you know, the days of our that our parents had that kind of uh, job security is just not it anymore. So, right, you know, like uh, like Alan Watts said, it's like you know, you either you got to trust you got to trust the universe. There's two ways of going about it: you trust the universe or you don't trust the universe. Mm-hmm. And and what are you going to do in that situation? You're not going to trust the universe. So basically, everything in your life is is potentially trying to destroy you and that's just right. no way to live i mean you'll right. go crazy so you have to Always sort of looking over your shoulder yeah so you just got to kind of if you trust and let everything go it's just such a relief yeah you know absolutely but yeah yeah so trust that uh mike watt's gonna keep on putting the albums out <laughs> <laughs> yeah mike watt's always gonna put albums out yeah He's, he's gonna live forever. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah, that, we won't even get into Mike Watt. Mike Watt's the man. But uh, well, I, I don't want to keep you any longer. We're almost at two hours, so uh, okay. I, I appreciate you coming on. That was really interesting, and I, and I think people are gonna find this inspiring. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your new new artwork. Always, yeah. you know. So yeah, thanks. So uh, I'm. Uh, looking forward to being able to keep kicking it out right see what happens because like you said a lot of times the 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 art is speaking to me i'm not speaking to the art or yeah no no it's it's yeah it's it's gonna be the way it wants to be and that's that's exciting i think it's exciting you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's forcing you to take your ego out of the equation kind of which is a big problem for artists because it's like you know that's that to me. That's 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 what it's all about. That's the spiritual aspect of of creating artwork. Is that y- you know you can be like, I want to do this kind of artwork, and then it's like, why do you want to do that kind of artwork? Is it because you're trying to fit into this thing, or is it because of this? Which is all this kind of like these ego games, as opposed to, you know, uh, I'm gonna try and get out of the. I'm gonna try and get out of the way of myself and let the art happen in a, in a, in a natural way, in a real way and not try and control the artwork. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. So I'm just talking. Yeah. The ego, <laughs> not even with art, ego gets in the way with too much stuff in this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. It's just, a, it's kind of exemplified well in artwork. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's the mm-hmm. issue. Right the issue mm-hmm. of the world pretty much. Yeah. But, um, no. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank, thank you. No, thank you. Appreciate it's a it. pleasure to be here. And, uh, I hope even if my story only is, inspires one person, it's worth it, you know? No, but, it's, uh, it's inspired you know. me. Believe me. I, I, I it's, it inspires me and it's going to inspire a lot of people. It's amazing. It's a miracle. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. aside from everything else, it's kind of like a, a, a you know, proof that miracles are miracles are kind of true, can be true. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so oh, cool. yeah, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time and sharing that. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's 
fun, but love the show and it's good to be here. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, okay, everybody, before we say goodbye, everybody, you can join the Dark Art Society Patreon for a dollar a month and and get it, get all this extra stuff that I'm not going to talk about because I say it every week. And every week, I just feel like an asshole. But, you know, if you, if you want to know what's in it, go listen to the last few episodes because I'm not going to say it today. <laughs> but it supports it, the podcast. It's worth a buck. Yes. It's definitely worth the buck. It's like 25 cents an episode. That's kind of what it's like. Plus, aside from that, there's the Friday, the the art jam, which you can see Dan, hang out with Dan, create artwork with him because he's always there. And uh, yeah, yeah, and and many others. Yes, Travis Louie, all kinds of people. But anyway, Mm -hmm. all right, that's it. Thanks again, Dan. I got to feed this bird. It's tweeting, so (laughs) don't hang up. But but say goodbye to to the audience. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, audience. Thank you, everybody.